Hey, and welcome to episode 32 Property Mastermind Podcast with Hilary Saxton. And today, we're talking, who is Bob Anderson? I came up, I came up with the idea of this because we just thought, a lot of people don't actually know who Bob is. And for those of you who do, it's always, I'm going to get up close and personal with Bob. Uh, well, you're going to get up close and personal. So welcome to episode 32. Let's jump in and you're going to find out some pretty interesting stuff. Hey Bob. Hey there. We're in episode 32. Who is Bob Anderson? Oh yeah, well, good question. It's a good question, but hey, before we get into it, giving away the book as usual, Bob's happy face down the bottom here if you're interested in winning a copy of uh, Secrets of Property Millionaires Exposed with the multitude of people's property strategies. Just send me an email, email in a question, or uh, write a favourable comment on our YouTube or Apple podcast, or somewhere, and let me know, and you can win one. And this week, this book is going out to somebody who sent me an email uh, about, very thankful that would help them uh, with a past episode. So this is going out to Joe Neems. Thanks, Joe, so much. You will get a copy of this in the mail. I'll have to email you now for your address, but really appreciate you making contact and thank you for the great comments. If you are enjoying our podcast, please share them with a friend. And if you're interested in, in property development and want to learn more about what we do, check out propertymastermind.com.au. Anyway, that's enough about that. I don't know if you can hear the dog barking and sniffing in the background. Hopefully not. But anyway, who is Bob Anderson? Bob Anderson with an S-E-N. It's Bob Anderson, S-E-N. Mm. So who is Bob Anderson? Anderson with an S-E-N. Anderson that with an S-E-N. That would be me, my Danish Bob. ancestry. Way back in uh, granddad on my dad's side, some Danish in there. Actually, if you watch this on uh, on YouTube, you'll notice the difference in our skin colour. Bob is so <laughs> Danish, so he has a, a real pink hue, like he's mm. a naturally pink colour. And I have uh, European ancestry, we think it, oh, well, it's Portuguese, so I'm quite olive. If I go outside, yeah. I go yellow and then I go, <laughs> I go brown. Bob goes pink and pink. Yeah, so, well, you know, it's, we lived up in the near the Arctic. I think I've got Viking ancestry. I think I've got a bit of Viking that in me. That would not surprise Absolutely. me in, this, yep. in the slightest. <laughs> so this episode is completely off the cuff. Bob has no idea the questions I'm going to ask him. And to be completely honest, I haven't really thought about what I'm going to ask him anyway. But we usually have such good conversations, I thought... I'm going to ask questions that people might be interested in. This could be a bit scary. So what we do know about you, Bob, for you, most of us know that you uh, went to university for six months and gave up after six months because you... <laughs> Is that what most people know? Is that what I'm noted for? Well, this is what I'm famous for. You tell people. I, I'm famous for going to university for six months. And then now <laughs> you just decide to hire people who went to, who went to university. Well, that's a beautiful thing about property development, isn't it? That, um, you know, we could have left in year nine or ten not even got a certificate of any sort, uh, became a property developer. Now, everybody we hire, and sometimes we fire, uh, nearly all have uh, degrees. Not that, not that it's a matter of like getting even on people with degrees because we didn't. It's just that, you know, property developers, uh, we need experts, and most of them have a degree. Uh, but we're at the top of the pile. We're property developers. So, uh, yeah, six months at uni, I studied industrial chemistry. Uh, so you can see why I probably didn't see it out. I could, oh, like, uh, I, was, I could imagine you going to sleep on that. It was killing me. <laughs> it would have. Analytical chemistry, inorganic 
chemistry, organic chemistry, physics, three, math, three. I mean, seriously. Ugh. And and, and me spending the rest of my life in a white lab coat. No. 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 I, I did, you don't look bad and white. I mean, I did no. well last six months, I reckon. So... We know, that, yeah, uni wasn't for you. Uh, you did a bit of work and then you went out and you were very entrepreneurial. But there was that point when you were, you had your car accident and you are lying in bed and, and you decided after you got over feeling sorry for yourself, these are your words, I know yeah, them, yeah. So, and you tell the story to people. So you got to the point where you said, I want to make money, who makes money? Because you'd lost mm. everything. You'd had cash businesses you'd, and then you'd lost everything. And you're living at mum and dad's. Yeah. And then you went property development. Yeah, I did. And that was a big jump. Like, as you said, I had a nasty car accident. I was off for a good 18 months and gives you lots of time to think while you're lying on your back, particularly in the first part. As, as feet are, one of his feet's completely bolted together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Mr. McKenna. But um, yeah, and, and you're right. I did feel a bit sorry for myself for the first six months. You asked, that, you know, why did it happen to me, sort of thing. But you get past that. And uh, yeah, I'd, I'd used up. Up my money. I was only young. Um, I mean, the accident happened on the way home from a mate's twenty-first. Even though I was totally sober, and um, yeah, so I thought I'd got to make money. You know, it's a it's a funny thing. Whatever you're short of is what you think about the most. You know, like when you're hungry, all you can think about is food. Uh, I'm always hungry. <laughs> <laughs> I am always hungry. Yeah, I know, but you you have such a controlled diet, probably. Um, whereas mine might be a bit more out of control, but. Um, yeah, so, so I was pretty much down to my last few dollars and back living with mum and dad and I thought, I have to make money. How do I make money? And I looked around, I had a little bit of a look at the share market. Remember in these days, like this is like the middle ages really. Mm. You know, you couldn't jump on the internet or anything. You know, you've learned anything. You, you went to a library and got a book. And I thought, well, you know, shares, can you make money out of shares? Yeah, you probably can. What about real estate? And, and real estate sort of gelled with me. I don't know why. My dad was a spray painter and a panel beater and he only ever owned one property other than the one he lived in uh, just for a period of time. Uh, but it just, it really, really meant something to me and uh, I thought, yeah, okay, so property, who makes money? And I looked at real estate agents and I thought, yeah, okay, they sell stuff, they get a commission and, and I had a look at valuers. Well, they value stuff, they're probably on salaries and and then, and then it, it ended up at property development and I thought, yeah. That suits my entrepreneurial spirit because mm. I knew, you know, developers are obviously entrepreneurs and, uh, and, and it appeared that they're the ones that make the most money. And I thought, yep, property development's where I'm going. When did you realise you were so smart? Because you are incredibly smart. Like when it comes to property development, it's all learned. But like you are so smart. Is it just you're naturally good with numbers or – well, I just – what, what do you, uh, well, Where do you get, do you think you're smart to start? With? I don't think you have to be brilliant with numbers to be a good property developer. I, I am pretty good with numbers. I was you know, good at maths. But, but I mean, the numbers you do for property development are really what you feed into your feasibility calculators mm. these days. They do it all for you. For our feasibility long, calculator. Property Mastermind has one. Yeah. yeah. So as long as you feed good stuff in, you get, a, you get the right answer, you mm. know. But um, I suppose that's almost like what do I love about property development. I love it because it's dynamic and it's fluid and it changes. Like the property market just generally. I mean, we're, mm. we're one sector of the property market. We're the pinnacle of the property market, property development. Uh, but And why do you say that? Why do you say we are the pinnacle of the property well, market? Well, it's where, it's where the big money's made mm. in property development. You think of Mervac, Lend-Lease, Australand. What do they do? Do they do 5,000 renos a year? No. <laughs> do they buy investments <laughs> you and, 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 and sit on them for like ages? No. What do they do? Well, 
they, they actively create wealth and they do that through property development. And they also keep a lot of what they developed. So, yeah, so, I mean, that's what led me to property development. I could see that, that that's where the money was and that's what I desperately needed was money. Mm. I had to make up for lost time. I'd, I'd, I'd lost what money I'd have just, you know, paying doctor's bills and living and, and I, had to, I had to make money. You said to me as well that when you were at home lying, lying around, you know, on the recovery that you got into health and got into reading. So for those of you that don't know, Bob's actually quite a healthy person. He looks, he, he actually, you actually look after yourself pretty well. Like he, there are things that he believes in that that he does health-wise that, I mean, I'm healthy as well, and we both have different things going on that we believe in. Um, like Bob doesn't drink water out of a tap. He only drinks it out of a <laughs> bottle. He uses like uh, fluoride three toothpaste. There's lots oh, of things that you yeah. do that, that the average person they're not, wouldn't do. They're not insane things. No, course, they're, no, they're not. But they, I mean, the average person, you know, a lot no. of people don't do that sort of thing. No. What was your tipping point around health, and what was the tipping point around um, your state of mind and mm. money? Was there three books? Was it one? What was it? I sometimes say to people that that car accident was possibly the best thing that happened to me, at least mm. at that point in my life, because mm. it gave me the time to slow down, get out of the fast lane like I was living life in the fast lane, lots of cash, three cash businesses, you know, not sort of thinking much about the future. So it pulled me up and, and it got me to, you know, on track to where I am now. Yeah, that can't be and, the best thing that ever happened to you. No, no, <laughs> no, 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 no. 30th, 1st of March, 2017 was possibly <laughs> the best thing that's ever happened to me. Uh, but... Um, what it did, it gave me the time. And so I was always, I mean, I was interested in health because I was always big on sport. Mm. I used to say I went to school for the sport. Oh, that was okay academically. Uh, but I, I, so, so in that respect, like I was physically active, I was, I was in sport, um, but not necessarily into health. And so I started reading a lot of books about health because I was trying to recover. Mm. And part of the problem with why my recovery is slow is my broken bones weren't knitting. Uh, you know, even though they ended ah. up getting pinned and everything, they they, they weren't knitting, and and so I, I, you know, what can I do to get them knitting? And you know, I started reading a lot about health, and then back in the day, I, I read a lot of Paul Bragg's books, and that was a lot about juicing. Uh, I I read read stuff about you know food combinations, and, you know, and and all that sort of stuff. So anyway, I got I got into more healthy living, mm. more healthy lifestyle. I was growing sprouts under the you know under my parents' house. I was. I was juicing a lot um, and I was watching my food combinations. Back in those days, your mum would have thought you were a weirdo, did she? Ah, yeah, probably, but, you know. Mm. Uh, And uh, so that was sort of the health thing uh, because I couldn't do a lot of exercise while I was recuperating. Uh, uh, But also I started um, books, you know, mind books, uh, books for, you know, we might call them mindset books these days. But, I mean, these were the old favourites because, remember, you know, this is back a long time ago. And uh, which one? Which was your favourite? Oh, I think it was like like Think and Grow Rich. I still love that book. Um, if anyone hasn't read that, it is a must read. It's such a good book. Mm. I mean, that's been around like way before I was born. Oh, so old. Such yeah. a good book. And so, you know, some of the old standards mm. uh, that, that you know that I read that you know along the same sort of lines, and that sort of got me thinking right. And uh, so yeah, that was, that was good, and that was good recuperation as as I healed and mm. and felt good physically. I felt good mentally, and I was mm. I was really chomping at the bit. I was also desperate for money, which which you know is a good reason to get get into back in you know into something and into something new. So mm. I learned a lot during that that time of um, incapacity. And then you you healed up, 
And then what was the next step? How did the property development journey, like where, like what was the next step for you on this journey? Well, I, I decided, to, I lived in Brisbane, I decided to move to the Gold Coast and uh, I, I had this funny thing in my mind that that's where you go to make your fortune, you know. You hear all these you know, stories of people making their fortune on the Gold Coast back then. I thought, yeah, that's where I'm going. Uh, you know, that's I'm, where I'm going there to make my money. That's where property is really exciting. <laughs> yep. I'm, I'm going to the Gold Coast, and uh, so I packed up my bags. I had five dollars left in in my bank account, so I borrowed uh, some money off my girlfriend at the time's father. How uh, much money did you borrow? Ah, uh, enough to cover two weeks. Uh, like I had to uh, rent a property, so I had to pay two weeks rent in advance, like as a bond. So enough to cover that plus two weeks rent, and. Uh, how and come a bit off of your food? girlfriend's father and not off your parents? Um, Do they not want you to move away? Oh, no, no, I don't think it was that so much. I don't know. Um, they probably didn't. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I Bob's, Bob's why, the young. He's, he's a baby and he's got two elder <laughs> sisters that are nine and seven years older, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so you can imagine mummy wouldn't have wanted you to go. <laughs> I don't Could have been my... that. But, but, but I was on pretty good terms with my girlfriend's father anyway and um, – so, yeah, I just hit him up for, for a little bit of cash short term. Yeah. Paid it back pretty quickly. And so, yeah, so here I am on the Gold Coast, living at Main Beach on the Gold Coast in a, in a flat, wanting to get into property. Uh, and so uh, where do you go from there? It's, it's only up. But no property development jobs around, nothing that I was qualified for mm. anyway. So uh, I just had to get in the property market. So how did you support yourself when you were down there at that time? What did you do for money after you'd borrowed the money off your, mm. um, off your well, girlfriend's dad? Uh, I did some, some early morning and night cleaning mm. uh, immediately. And, you know, uh, you've got to do what you've got to do. You're only like 22 now, aren't you? Oh, pretty young, yeah. 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 So, um, so what I decided to do is, is get into property. And so I was looking around how I might get into it, what I might get in. I, I talked to a few real estate agents about sort of selling real estate, but uh, some of them just looked a bit dodgy to me and it wasn't quite what I was looking for. So while I'm doing that, uh, through, a, through a friend of mine, through a contact I had, I was able to do some uh, like high-rise cleaning at night and early morning. And so I did that. That kept the money flowing in uh, while, I, uh, while I looked around. And, and then I landed a, a job at a real estate agency that sold land subdivisions. And, and that's I, I just have to interrupt here because it's so funny, but we'll go somewhere and Bob will go, I used to clean that building. And I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and like, honestly, he never ceases to amaze me with a story. Like there's always something. And I remember and then it comes out a new story, but it's just so, yeah. it's pretty amazing. You think, oh, I used, to, I used to clean that. So it's that whole, you've got to be prepared to do what you need to do to get to where you go, and that's what you were prepared to do. Well, that's the sort of person I was, you yeah. know. And, and you like, still are. You'll do what it takes to get something done. Yeah. I mean, it was that way in sport, you know, when I was training, and mm. it was that way in if I have to have money to live, I'll do whatever I have to do to get money <laughs> that's legal. And and so that's what I did. I didn't enjoy the cleaning, but, you know, I did it. And I only did it for a while. I knew it wasn't a career move. I was eventually going to stop it. But you know, I found the real estate agency that I liked. I think because they were they were working closely with developers Mm. Uh, on land subdivisions, and we, our role was to sell uh, new land subdivisions. We were selling land to uh, to builders who were going to build houses to sell, and so that. So I got to talk to developers. You see, this is this is why I liked it. I had other jobs offered to me selling high rise apartments on, mm. at Surface Paradise. None of that appealed to me, but when I when I found this job, and uh, I actually approached them, they didn't, they didn't even have a job. I just went door knocking, uh, but I knew what they did. And I, I approached a couple of 
agencies that were doing a similar sort of thing and then I'll crack this one. And I thought, you know, I'll be doing land subdivisions, which really appealed to me from a development point of view. Uh, not that I knew a lot. I was going to say, did you even know what a land subdivision oh, oh, was? Well, I knew the difference between building a high-rise apartment block and land subdivisions. Oh, and that was from cleaning them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, um, and so I, I knew I'd get to talk to developers. I knew that I'd get to sell land. I knew that I'd get to talk to builders that were building houses and, and all that sort of stuff appealed to me. Mm. And that's why, why I hunted down that job and uh, did it. Mm. I think just hearing you say that, because for those of you that know Bob, he will sit back and he will listen to what's going on. He's very much a, I'll hear, I'll suss out what's going on before I interject or before I add too much. You, you very much do that as a person. You're more likely to stand back and listen. I'm, more, I'm strategic. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Because yeah, you definitely are strategic. So I could I could see why you would have decided in your head that's my probably my best move, and then I'll do it that way. So yeah, I could see how you would do that definitely. Mm. So your door knocked, and they were like, "Yeah, okay, we'll take you on." They took me on. I was a young guy. I um, what were you like when you got the job? Were you like jumping through your over the moon? Oh, I was happy because uh, I mean at least I was in property now. Yeah, you know, and I could get out of cleaning pretty shortly. Uh, it was a commission-only job, as they all were back in those days. You didn't get paid a salary or a retainer. And so I knew I'd have to wait a couple of months until the money started coming in. So I was cleaning morning and night and selling, you know, getting going on real estate, starting to sell real estate during the day. And then once the commission started to flow, I dropped off the cleaning mm. and I haven't been back. <laughs> <laughs> I can concur. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, you know, I've done enough cleaning. I do clean windows pretty well, though. Okay, so... There's no property development courses around. Mm. Uh, there's no like social platforms. There's no podcast. There's no. There's no. I don't even know what I need to know around. That's yeah. the thing. How did you know what you needed to know? You knew I want to get into property development, and I need to get into property so I can talk to these guys. So, share the next step of the journey for you. Well, I'm starting to talk to property developers now because we were, I think, marketing about four decent sized subdivisions at the time. And, Were you and, even learning at that point when you got to market them? Did you start understanding things a bit better? Yeah, I did. Yep. Um, I found out I could sell. In, in fact, it didn't take long. I was a top salesman in the in the office. And so the selling side was good. The commission, the money I was making was good, but it, it wasn't the end game. Mm. It was just a s- stepping stone on the way. And you know what? That's a good lesson there, Bob. Sometimes we're on the way to a journey and you do something else, like you started selling yeah. and you were good at it and some people get stuck there and give up their dream. Mm, yeah, mm. don't give up your dream. No, or, or you stay a real estate salesman forever. And that's okay if that's what you want to do, yeah. but if it wasn't your goal. No, yeah. no, it wasn't, and it was a stepping stone. But but what I'm doing now, I'm starting to talk to the developers and I'm starting to ask them questions because they like me, mm. well, because I'm selling their land, mm. doing really well, and they, they, they like anyone that does that, and I'm asking them questions. I'm also talking to uh, surveyors and planners uh, about the next stages that are coming up because we need to know we're selling one stage, when's the next stage coming up? And I'd be watching it getting getting built, the right. next stage of a subdivision. You know, we're selling the current 30 lots. When When's the next 30 lots, whatever it is coming on, I'm watching it getting built. I'm getting all excited watching stuff get built. I'm talking to builders. I'm selling their houses. They're How buying much a, would your confidence have grown? Well, they're buying a block of land off me and then they're building a house. And I'm walking through the houses and watching how they get built. And, and I'd, I'd already bought books on owner builder and you know understood the whole building side of things as well, and uh, so I'm watching all this happen, and I'm getting more and more excited about it, and I'm learning a lot, and I'm learning about 
you know, how to get a development permit for a land subdivision and I'm talking about to the, you know, the civil construction or I'm asking the engineer, or what's it cost to get, you know, mm. this 30 lots, what's, what's it costing for all the earthworks and the sewage and the water and all that and, and he's telling me and then I'm learning how to put it together into a, into sort of a, a pretty basic feasibility, you know. All this is going on in the background. Well, I'm selling real estate. You're teaching yourself in the background. Yeah. Oh, yeah. good yeah, on you. But asking lots of questions yeah. from, from people that are in the know. Mm. And, uh, and so I'm building up this ever-increasing um, data, database of knowledge mm. uh, on how to do stuff and watching other people do it and being a part of it and being on the other end. You know, I'm on one end, I'm talking to people about, you know, how to how to do the subdivision from the beginning and the other end I'm selling the stuff. Mm. And we also... Uh, what, what we did there at that particular office because our, our game was selling subdivisions. So we're also looking at greenfield acreage uh, where we've got land that could be subdivided into subdivisions and then we're finding uh, developers and selling to developers who want to develop it and then we're selling the end stock. So we're getting like big licks of commission. So we'll sell a site to a developer and we get you know the money for selling the site. Mm. And then as it's developed, we're getting commission on selling a block of land to a builder. Wow, then the so you're build, Then the builder builds a house and then I'm selling that at a much higher value because it's got a house on it mm. now. And so, you know, we're getting, you know, what you call like extra licks out Properties. of the selling. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so share, and for those that are in our community, most people know this, but if you're new to Property Mastermind, share how you actually got your first break into property development. Yeah, it's a long story. I'll keep it short for your podcast. Mm. I was sitting in the real estate office one Sunday morning. Weekends were often a good selling time back then. That's you know, when a lot of people obviously had the time to get around and buy. And uh, and we had a, a thing what we call front desk. So th- this would be a roster system for the salespeople. If you're on the front desk on a particular day, you've got the first person to walk in and then you've got the first phone call. And I was on front desk Sunday morning. Uh, now, little backstory. About... A month prior to this, a fellow had come in um, and listed a property that he'd bought. And uh, it was a what, – what he'd done, he'd bought a parcel of land off another salesman that I uh, – and he got a development permit to cut it into four blocks, four blocks of land. It was a four-lot subdivision. He got a DA and he came back and listed it. Anyway, with our office, this particular Sunday morning he came in. I saw him pull up. I knew him. His name was Tony. And uh, he looked, yeah, he's a good-looking guy, had that sort of wavy sort of Italian hair, you know, down to there. He, I, he spoke, I think he was born here, but I think his ancestry was Italian, drove a nice car and a, a really nice, friendly guy. I liked him. I, I'd only spoken to him once before. And uh, How much older than you was he at the time? Oh, probably about 15 years. Okay. You know, he was in his 30s somewhere. Um, and uh, so... He dropped in and he and he said, he, knew, he remembered my name, which was impressive. I'd spoken to him once. And he said, oh, Bob, here you going? And he said, look, uh, just wondering if you had any bites uh, on, on my site, meaning uh, have we had any buyers, any lookers at the site that he was selling that had an approval for four-lot subdivision? And uh, and I said, no, Tony. I said, but – and this, this is the sentence that changed my life. I would love to develop that site myself. I just don't have enough money. And he was standing up. I, I can visualise this all these years later as though it was happening right now in front I of me. I get goosebumps when you say it. And then when I said that, he actually took a seat. Like I, I think it was just a quick question. He was just sort of passing by. I think he went to the newsagent next door, got his newspaper, and he was just sort of saying it. Uh, 
And then he sat down and then he started asking me, he said, oh, where did this come from, Bob? Like, what, what, why do you say that? Why do you want to be a developer? And then I started to tell Tony about, you know, why I wanted to be a developer. And the next thing I'm like giving him my story about my car accident and all the time off and my desire to be a property developer, the fact that I'm, I'm working at this office uh, just as a stepping stone on my way to being a developer. And, uh, and anyway, he wanted to know all about me, my family. You know, it's, it's sort of going on. I thought, geez, there's a, there's a lot of questions, you know, just about, how, you know, because all, all he really wanted to know is somebody looking his block of land yet. Mm. You know, we've got a buyer coming up. And, and at the end of it, he did said, you actually tell him that, that you'd been like working the two jobs? Did you, I told him everything. I did was you tell doing, him that yeah. you're like you were really yeah, yeah, like a, the, a sports excellence <laughs> person at school? You, oh, t- no, you told him you're good. No, 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 I didn't no. tell him that. Yeah. But yeah, you know, I told him why I wanted to be a developer. I told mm. him you know that I had the accident and all this sort of thing and how I ended up here. It was a stepping stone. Mm. But that sentence where I said to him, Tony, I'd love to develop it myself. I just don't have enough money. That's what picked his. You know, that's what made him sit down. Mm. And uh, after the interrogation, very friendly one, all the same, he said, Bob, I'm going to help you. I think he said, said, I want to help you realise your dream. And I didn't quite grab it. I said, hello, what What do you mean, Tony? (laughs) He said, you told me you want to be a developer. You told me you wanted to develop the site that I own and you haven't got enough money. He said, I'm going to help you do it. And, And like I didn't, it didn't make sense to me. I said, well, thanks for helping me. I can understand what that meant. Uh... But I said, oh, you might not have heard the other bit, Tony, I've got enough money. I can't buy it. He said, no, no. He said, he said money's irrelevant. And, and, like, and I thought, geez, money's not irrelevant, Tony. <laughs> you know, money's you know, very relevant in your world. Almost had none recently. I've got a bit. I've <laughs> saved up. You know, I'm getting good commissions. I'm saving some money, but not enough. And, and he did, true to his word. So what he did, uh, this became what we call a vendor finance deal. And basically Tony took me to his bank uh, I signed a contract to buy it. How long ago? Like, was that the next day? That like uh, that, that was a Sunday. Is, this was is the it? coming week. Okay. Uh, Within a so, week. So, what it is basically is, uh, Tony helped me borrow some money from his bank. As it turned out, the bank lent me eighty percent of the cost that I needed. I had to put in twenty percent, but Tony lent me the land. As um, so, so basically, it's a bit. Of, it's a bit of a story how it, how it happened, but. Uh, it was a no money down deal. Mm. Without going into it, is Tony enabled me via vendor finance thing where I settled on the land and I paid Tony for the land later. Mm. Uh, I gave him some money from the bank, so I basically paid for half the land, and I owed Tony the money on the other half of the land at an interest component. But I, would, I didn't have to pay the other half of the land until I developed and sold the lots. Could you believe that's, a, that's you called a like vendor finance deal? Were you know? pinching yourself? Yeah, and uh, so he took me. He showed me how to do it all the way through the project, showed me how to do it, how to get the civil contractor in, you know, and uh, and built the block of land. And sure enough, at the end of it, when I sold the lots, I paid the bank back first. I paid Tony back the money I owed him. Uh, secondly, and at the end, it was my profit. And I did a project, full lot subdivision, put no money into the deal at all. Tony showed me how to do it. So at what point, Bob, did you realise the enormity of what he'd done? It, was, it might not have been that day, not knowing the whole process he was going to take you through. But what I, point did I, you I, think... Oh, oh my look, goodness, this is a life changer. It, it dawned on me along the way because, like, when I realised how it was going to happen and I understood then the mechanics of it, what, and, but the enormity of what he was doing and why he was doing it, um, like, why would you, really? And and so I got to know Tony a bit better and, and what he was, I didn't realise at the time, he was very well set up in property. He used to um, amalgamate development sites 
along the coast, along the Gold Coast, you know, Surface Paradise, Broad Beach, Main Beach, those sorts of areas, and package them up for developers. And he was using options. Um, he was using all sorts of, uh, you know, structured contracts and finance, doing all the, you know, clever stuff mm. and making quite a lot of money out of it, which he obviously had. I, I could tell he was fairly well off. Uh, but that didn't explain to him why would he do it for me. Uh, so eventually I had to ask him along the way. And what did he say? What was the reason he did it for you? Well, the reason he did it for me, as it turned out, someone had done it for him. Oh. Fifteen years earlier when Tony was starting out, it was a Jewish chap, he told me, who I met Tony and Tony was a bit like me, full of bravado, full of desire, uh, you know, ten foot tall and bulletproof or so we thought and, and not even fully knowing what we don't know. Uh, but this Jewish guy had, had seen something in Tony because uh, this Jewish guy was very wealthy in property and seen something in Tony and he'd helped Tony get established uh, and, and then Tony had gone on and become what he was, very successful. What the Jewish guy told Tony, because Tony had said to the Jewish guy, why, did, why are you doing this? Why have you done this for me? And the Jewish guy said, well, I've done it because what Tony, he saw in Tony, the Jewish guy saw in Tony what he was many years ago. And so he said to Tony, one day you're going to meet somebody and you're going to see in them what, what you saw in yourself. Goosebumps. Has anyone else got gonna, goosebumps listening And you're going to gonna do the same for them. Mm. And Tony, that's why he asked me all about me, myself, you know, that day, because he wasn't just going to do this favour for anybody mm. who, might, he, or who, who he thought mightn't be deserving. And that's why he wanted to know a lot about me and my history and, the, you know, the car accident, my desire, my, you know, to, to do this. And that's why after like 20 minutes of, you know, intense, you know, gr well, not quite grilling in a nice way, uh, well, he made the decision like it, it was to almost me. an interview. He, he it was an interview yeah. it, it was as to whether I was worthy for him to to help. And like, and, and I he, wonder, you, you know, know that story. Um, the uh, what's the other book? He did the same thing for the guy who wrote Think and Grow Rich. Uh, was it that one? Oh, what's mm. it? Dale Carnegie. Yeah, Dale, same yeah. story. That's a really yeah, similar story. Yeah. Interviewed somebody and they just said the right things and made mm. the life change. So, Bob, after that development, did you keep in touch with Tony very often? I did. I did for a while, but but we did sort of lose touch because we were in sort of different different directions, different you know, doing things, and uh, and I was pretty pretty busy and intense sort of doing what I'm doing, trying to establish myself. That got me going, that first project. And then you had children, like you got married. Yeah, and had a well, I had more kids, projects yeah, to do. And more projects. You had a lot more going on. I had my second world. project. I did it as a joint venture with my sister's boyfriend who did put Tony the money in. Did Tony sort of help you a little bit with that? Did I know. I got you? through that one myself. Tony taught me a lot. And uh, I managed to get through there okay myself. And I'm sort of up and going now. I've done two projects made money out of my first two projects, never put any money into them, mm. slightly different types. And all in your 20s. Yeah, yeah. And and so I'm sort of, a, I'm, I'm going on my way, you know. Mm. And so that meant I could uh, give up selling real estate and, mm. and start to do some developing. So as far as, you know, that's how you got started into property, anyone listening to this podcast today and it's like early in the year so it's a really good time to think if this is something that you want to be doing what would you tell us knowing what you know having done what you've done like lived a life of property from your 20s developed so much uh what would you what would you say somebody who wants to do it i think be really clear on why you want to do it um and is it a passion? Is it something you really want to do? 
Or is it just something you think, oh, I could do that and I could make lots of money? Mm. Property development, you can make a lot of money out of it if you do it well. And if you don't do it well, it can hurt you. And so I think you need a strong why, mm. uh, a good reason to do it, other than just purely making money for money's sake. Mm. And if there's a passion in there, if you feel that property is is it, and maybe you're stepping up from you know doing renos even, not that you have to, um, that if it's a passion, it's something you really want to do and you feel some drive in you to do it. Mm. Uh, and, then, and then you realise that you can't just rush into it, that there's a lot of moving parts in a property development and it's going to take a bit of time for you to learn and to educate yourself on how to do it and you're prepared to put in the effort and the education uh, to do it. And, and under the realisation that sometimes things won't go perfectly for and you're going to have mm. uh, detours and speed bumps and times when you're going to second-guess yourself whether you made the right decision. Uh, and and so understanding that and the desire is still strong and it's still doing it and you're willing to educate yourself and invest in yourself mm. because it's going to be a career move probably eventually, uh, then once you've answered those questions properly to yourself, then you should do it. And don't muck around and don't think and don't procrastinate and don't second-guess it and don't be influenced by other people. Do it. As I would say, Nike, just do it. You say that all the time. Just do it, yeah. So, and what would be, I suppose what I'm hearing you saying there is clarity, be clear, and, and that the reason you're doing it, not just I want to make money, is, is it property development that you want to use to make money? Hmm. That's what you're saying. Is it a vehicle? And, yeah. and understand there are risks. Yep. And you need to mitigate those risks as best you can. Mm. And through, like I said, through getting educated. So I'm going to jump back now because I know the answer to this and others don't. So somebody did it for Tony mm. and then Tony did it for you. Mm. So did you do it for somebody else, Bob? Well, I I did it for for a guy called Ben eventually. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like these days we call that pay, paying it forward. But mm. during those days I don't think the expression was around. I'd never heard it anyway. But I did meet a, a young guy once <laughs> I actually, I have to admit, I wasn't all that keen on helping him at first. Uh, he, he tracked me down where, where I was working at the time. This is before before I was, I'd, I'd written a book on property development with my son Luke, but it's before I had a course, before I was sort of well known. And uh, I was quite happy doing my thing, you know, sort of keeping quite flying below the radar. I was doing pretty well. and Just at, developing property. Yeah, and, and ben, ben found me. Uh, off the back of the book. So Luke and I wrote a book in 2006. Uh, it's out of print now. Uh, but he'd, uh, real quickly, he'd an opportunity landed in his lap that he didn't know what to do with. Potentially it's what we call a joint venture with a landowner. He was smart enough to know that there was an, an opportunity, that there was a deal there, but didn't know how to handle it. He had a look around. He tried to find some books and read up about it. He found my book. And then he realised that I lived in the same city. So somehow or other, I don't know how he tracked me down because I didn't even have a website or anything. And he tracked me down and he came to my office <laughs> and he said, would you help me you know, do this? I know I've got a deal. And I asked him, yeah, I said, yeah, you have. And uh, But I wasn't like I, have to, I wasn't all that keen. I was sort of happy to do my own thing and, 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 I, and I didn't immediately realise it. You know, I'd sort of, this is many years after the whole Tony thing. And, uh, and he had a bit of a bad headache at the time and he ended up like halfway, th- two-thirds way through the conversation he had to leave. And I thought I sort of felt sorry for the young guy. Uh, How old was he at the time? Oh, Ben was, yeah, he's in his later 20s, you know. Um, and 
But then he got back onto me again. He phoned me this time and, and we finished the conversation. I thought, oh, I don't know. You know, do I really want to do this? Am I that keen, you know? Anyway, I did. And uh, So you paid it forward to him? So, yeah, we got him through that project, 20 Lot Subdivision. And uh, as it is, we ended up becoming friends and still are, even though he lives on the other side of the world these days. And uh, he ended up coming and working with me in, in my property development company and I taught him a lot more. And he used to operate a lot of the property development syndicates that I, that I used to do. And, uh, yeah, ben, ben Smith was his name. So I wonder if Ben paid it forward to somebody else. I don't know. I didn't ask him. I didn't say that he should or had to, so he, didn't, he was under no obligation to. But I know that um, Ben did work with me a lot, uh, not only in the syndicates but also in our mentoring program. And I know that Ben did pass on a lot of the knowledge that I taught him to other students. Mm. Uh, so in a way he did. Um, and in a way, uh, that's what we do. Mm. We, we sort of pay it forward in a big way. Mm. Uh, we do get paid for it, but, um, you know, that's what we do in, in the education side of thing. Mm. So, Bob, you've just alluded to the property education and everybody listening probably, I'm sure, knows propertymastermind.com.au, Australia's best uh, property development education and you've educated most of the other educators, so yeah, yeah. So, so why would you not learn courses with students? So yeah. uh, well, that's good, you know, good on them. Yeah, crack, yeah, exactly. You know? And they learn from the best. They yeah. probably know some <laughs> stuff. But what else does Bob Anderson do in in the property in the property world that people might not know? Well, I think most people know we're obviously in the education uh, side of property development, but we do projects. I mean, you're involved in projects, Hillary, yourself. I think at least three at the moment. I still do projects, uh, doing a retirement village at the moment, so that's keeping me uh, engaged. Yeah, look, that's property that keeps us entertained. For those that don't know Bob, he's always still looks, can't help himself. People bring him deal, he just can't, he can't help. He's always looking for another retirement village. He just, he's, I'm always astounded. I'm like, is that not, what are you doing? I'm always, <laughs> always oh, sort yeah. of shocked but in awe at the same time he's just like oh you have to check it out but um, I, was th I suppose I was thinking property mastermind and then you've got positive property strategies yeah well that, that raises capital for for um, developments as well uh, positive property strategies and yeah I mean I'm always working on things on the side as you know like talking to a couple of public companies about some opportunities looking at some funding from offshore like all sorts of things anything related to property mm. uh I'm interested in, yeah. So who is Bob Anderson? <laughs> if you had to sum him up in about 20 words, Bob, oh, who would you say he is? Well, he's a he's a guy that's had an interesting life, uh, a lot of it in property. Um, it's a guy that will all – I think I'll, I'll die with my property boots on. Uh, but uh, always always looking for life balance as well. Uh, in uh, And that's not always easy to get, but I think – you know, we do pretty well with our life balance these days. It hasn't always been that way for me. But, um, yeah, it's a guy that, that I think, you know, I'd be pretty satisfied with my property life. Uh, using To use your expression, uh, sitting in the rocking chair yeah. on the um, on the front deck, you know, in your later years, thinking back on what you've done with your life. I think, um, yeah, what I've done in the property, particularly in the property education space, uh, and you're heavily involved in that with me, but what we've been able to instill in other people and to see and to see the results, mm. the, the ability to be able to change people's lives, financial mm. lives, uh, in a big way, mm. uh, and I think that would be my 
my legacy, something I'd be really proud of mm. in the future, more so than particular developments that I've done. I mean, they're, they're good to think about, but, I mean, to change others' lives uh, I think is much more important than something you might have done personally, you know. Mm. Uh, and I think that that's the thing that I'll look back on. That's that's Bob Anderson. That's what um, that's what he's about. Uh, and, yeah, that's, that's what I'll be th- thinking about if the day ever comes. What, what when say? I'm on the on when, the when, front deck in my rocking chair. Yeah, uh, I don't know if I'll ever see you do that. Yeah, I don't know if you'll do that. I just don't know. Anyway, thanks, Bob, for sharing. I just thought people might want to know who is Bob Anderson. And for those that find this interesting, yeah, just give us a favourable comment. But you've kind of me- learned a little bit more about Bob, which you'll understand now his uh, desire and passion when it comes to property development. Yeah, it goes back a long way. It does. Uh, it goes back from the night I went to sleep and ran into a bridge. That was the beginning of it. <laughs> that was the beginning, but then just deciding it was going to be the thing that you did, that you wanted and then just going and doing it. And we talk to plenty of people uh, in our community that have that same desire, so mm. uh, it's possible. And I love working with those sorts of people. Oh, same, same. Oh, my goodness, I love working with people who are passionate. I will bend over backwards to support them. I so will. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, we hope you found that episode interesting and we will catch you next week. Shall do. Bye. Bye